When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. (laughs) Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah. This is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. It's really no secret that if anybody comes up to you and they say, Zach, what is your favorite movie? Without hesitation, you're just like, Team Wolf 2. You just blurt it out. Um, and then people are like, really, Zach? Not Team Wolf 1? And you're like, no. No, not, not Team Wolf 1. Teen Wolf also. That is my favorite movie of all time. Is that accurate or am I thinking of someone else? Uh, if you would have asked me before this interview with our uh, three guests today, I would have said the Warriors. But after this interview, yes, I will say unequivocally that my new favorite film is Teen Wolf also. Uh, that is that is powerful. That is powerful. And, um, and I agree. I approve. When we're talking about Teen Wolf 2, we're talking again about another uh, 35th anniversary celebration. Maybe our third anniversary celebration slash reunion that we've had in the last few months very exciting very exciting oh my gosh 1987 when you think of hits from 1987 what do you put up there you put predator get a little robocop and then teen wolf 2 yep that's it that's the order i mean it was crazy if if you guys listening now if you have not listened to our breakdown of teen wolf 2 at the very end of the episode we zach goes over every movie that came out in 1987 putting together a very um a, a, a very good uh, pitch for why 1987 was the best year for 80s movies because it's like every it's every movie ever made. 1987 is the best 80s year for film. Uh, prove me wrong, internet. Yeah, it was pretty good. If you'd like to prove Zach wrong, please send a self-addressed stamped envelope to prove Zach wrong. Care of whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, very exciting. Very exciting lineup. Uh, the return of Stuart Fracken. He came for Ski School. He's back again today playing Styles. Yeah, Stuart's with us. SD Chandler, who plays Nikki in the film, is with us. And Mark Holton, who plays Chubby. Three 
great guests. Just so happy to have all of them on our show. Yeah, this is a great uh, episode. And particularly if you love Teen Wolf 2, you're going to love these stories. You get a lot of behind the scenes. Um, yeah, a lot of things that have never been said before about Teen Wolf 2. The, the beloved Teen Wolf 2, Zach's favorite movie, by the way. <laughs> well, also, too, it's like a snapshot of what was going on in the 80s. And they clearly had a great time making this movie. There's a lot of fond memories. There are some interesting, dark, deep memories on one particular person um, that is very fascinating to both of us. And But then we get at the finale of this interview, you're going to be treated to something very special via Stuart Fracken. You guys are going to love this interview. Uh, we got a couple of housekeeping stuff, right? We sure do. Uh, you know, per use, if you haven't signed up to our Patreon, please consider doing so because there's a lot of great content, specifically for this month, something that involves Dustin. Um, Derek West, a friend of the show, has a great segment as well for his Tales from the Video Store. And Mark, Stewart, and SD join us for $2.06 questions, which is a lot of fun as well. But... For all you patrons already signed up, thank you guys so much. Uh, it's so appreciated. It keeps the lights on for $2 late fee. And if you're unable to uh, afford a Patreon subscription, consider writing us a nice little review on iTunes or giving us a five-star review on Spotify or both or all three. Absolutely. Uh, actually, uh, this might be a good motivator because starting December 1st, uh, we're going to have some changes in our Patreon and the special uh, new tier is opening up. The... Uh, what was previously $8 a month is now going to be $5 a month. You're going to get a lot more things. So if you've been on the fence and you're like, I don't know, I want to support the guys, but, you know, right, times are tough. Inflation, it's it's $19 at the gas pump, you know, per gallon. So we understand that. But, um, but there's a lot of good things. And we're going to have an interactive trivia, live trivia contest every month. Uh, what does Dustin know is going to become what do you know? So if you're interested in that and hanging with us live every month, join up join up five bucks a month please do if you want to join us in person if you're in los angeles this weekend this upcoming weekend uh december 3rd to be specific we are going to be at la comic-con with our very special guests brendan hay and joe dante uh, great rhyming brendan hay and joe dante will be joining us joe dante of course inner space gremlins the burbs piranha uh, all of our childhood favorites will be there in person. So if you're around in the LA area, 12-3 and 12-4, we're going to be at Comic-Con both days, but our panel with Joe it will be at 4 p.m. at uh, downtown. So look up LA Comic-Con and come and come join us. If you're around, if you're, if you're a fan, we'd love to meet you. Yeah, if you, uh, if you say you're a fan and you see us, we'll give you something in return. Yep, a dirty trombone. Is that what they call it? <laughs> it was rusty, but it's not anymore. Oh, it's rusty. I, I combine <clears throat> Dirty Sanchez and Rusty Trombone. Sure, I'll, I'll take it. Skip that. Uh, really but you know what, guys? But... Until then, until this weekend, uh, and actually after this weekend, enjoy this interview with Stuart Racken, Esty Chandler, and Mark Holton, the 35th anniversary of Teen Wolf 2. Thank you very much. Oh! Thing on, you hear me? Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us this evening. Not only does our team wolf throw a punch like lightning, but he sings too.
it's the 35th anniversary of Teen Wolf 2. It actually came out this the month we're recording, November. Uh, and this is very exciting to have Stuart Fracken on, a.k.a. Styles. Welcome back, Stuart. Thank you, Dustin. Good to be back, gentlemen. It's great to have you back. I think, well, we'll talk about that, but you're the reason why we're doing this in the first place. You're the, the catalyst for that. Um, <laughs> we also have with us Mark Holton, who plays Chubby in the film. Mark, so great to have you on our show. Good to be here. It's really an honor. Hope we can oh, thank you. We can get excited about that in just a minute. And of course, we have SD Chandler, who plays Nikki. SD Chandler, welcome to $2 Late Fee as well. Thank you. It's so great to be with you all. Um, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Did we determine, did Team Wolf 2 come out this week? I think November like 7th. I was, I was, 7th, yeah, yeah right? I think as it's I was. Like, it came out November always, 20th. Oh, actually. Okay. There yeah, you go. There you yeah. go. <laughs> this was Atlantic releasing's uh, big Christmas release for oh, the year. it was? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just connected the dots as far as the, as far as the release date was concerned. This is our biggest kind of reunion we've done. We did a three o'clock high reunion last mm -hmm. month. Uh, but but to have you three on our show uh, and, and to discuss a movie that it's safe to say is a cult film. Right. I think cult films have a have a underground built in audience and wasn't like a mainstream hit per se. Um, but it, it, as, as far as this film goes, it's got a lot of character. And I think it has there's like a lot of love there. And there's a lot of moments that we talked about the other day. Like, but there's a lot to love about this movie. It seems to have uh, uh, legs, yeah. as they would say. Um, it's it, there's a resurgence of interest in it. I guess the same thing can be said about Teen Wolf as well. I guess Mark can answer that question. But um, the last couple of years, I've been you know contacted quite a bit to discuss it, or like I said, go on other podcasts and talk about it. It's fun. Like I like it. Hi, Stuart. Nice to hear your voice after 34 years. Hi, away. Mark. It's good to hear you, and it's good to see you as well. Mark, you just brought up that you haven't seen Stuart in 30-some-odd years. Um, like, Stuart, is this the first time you and Esty and Mark have been in a similar kind of room, so to speak? So a, a, a slight correction. I have seen uh, Mark. Uh, the last time I saw Mark was on uh, uh, the TV show that I did with Dean. Right. And Mark was a guest star on it. They came from outer space. Oh, wow. That's right. Yep. So that was the last time I saw Mark. That's 34 years ago. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. 30. 30 ish years ago. But oh, Est 30. Oh, okay. Esty, I haven't seen since probably the premiere, right? Wow. That's what I was thinking too. And I also <laughs> hadn't watched the movie. And I just want to say that, not to dissuade what you guys said about the film, but. A uh, few years ago, some friends were staying over and they surprised me with an impromptu S.D. Chandler Film Festival <laughs> to my great chagrin. Oh, no. And <laughs> I, I think we would really be remiss not to mention the fact that there is a lot in the film that doesn't hold up, that is, you know, unacceptable. Oh, totally. Yes. Yes. Totally. I just wanted to yes. put that on the yes. table. Yes. But, Fully. you know. Yeah, I would say it starts with the fashion. No, I'm kidding, of course. No, in my, in my case, there were huge protests about my my wardrobe. Oh, really? There were a lot of doilies and, and lace for you, right? So um, can you talk quickly a little bit about that? The, the, the protests, they just wanted you 
in things you didn't want to be in? No. I just <laughs> thought that she dressed weird. She did. But she was in school for uh, veterinarian school. Right. But- <laughs> yeah. I think the, the, the theme for Nikki was uh, matron. That's what I would that's what I would think of when I think of the, the wardrobe matronly. I think maybe what they did is they tried to by the by the end I think it was less offensive like a little <laughs> no. cuter like maybe no, no it was just you, you, really you bad had, you had one moment in the movie where it's the um it's the the choreographed dance scene right midway through the movie oh boy and you come out in this rocking 80s outfit you look like Jem from Jem and the Holograms kind of right yeah and then that was literally a 10 second scene you pop out to see Todd aka Jason Bateman for just a half a second and then you're like no and you walk away and that's the last time we see you in that scene but we see we of course we see Stuart dancing his ass off in that and uh yes that I like like I like that wardrobe and actually the most uh, most of the shirts uh, that were provided in the movie were my own. I bought for the movie. You bought them for the movie. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Heckle and Jekyll. That one was mine. And then their guy <laughs> riding the. That was mine. That was. That... Is that that's so appropriate still, right? Is that culturally? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> just don't. D- of course it is. It's Heckle and Jekyll. Come on. <laughs> just making sure. I bought my glasses. I was very the one yeah. thing I was I wanted to like the glasses and those glasses that I wore were L.A. Eyeworks. I wow. think they were called the basic. They were classic glasses. <laughs> I am still on the hunt for them because I do believe they are a collector's item. I came to become friends with the owners of LAI Works. Oh. Um, and uh, and so what are you wearing now, Oliver Peoples? <laughs> no, I'd have to put on another pair to tell you what these are. Warby but Parker. my sister is my eyeglass stylist, and she is um, very good at it, if I do say so myself. Yeah, they're very fashionable, and yeah, Stuart's wearing great. fashionable glasses. And I must say, all three of you, by the way, look fantastic. I know we're not in we're not in person with you, SD and Mark, but it, it's you, you guys look great. Walmart makeup does wonders. <laughs> I'm telling you, L'Oreal is sold everywhere nowadays. So, you know. I'm talking about stuff on my face. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of cover up is all good. Interesting. Uh, you guys were talking about, you know, people that, that watched uh, part two. Um, when I threw this up, a guy from Scotland that I know uh, piped in and he said, you know, the, the only way we could get this film is in a box set of both films. Yes. Teen Wolf 2. Oh. Huh. Because in Scotland or the UK, they did not sell Teen Wolf 2 separately, which I think brilliant marketing. Yes. Nope. You want to see part two? You got to buy one again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm just throwing that out. You know, if you're eight or nine years old, uh, nobody cares what you wore in this film. <laughs> Uh, there would there would be like an, an age limit, I would think, even for a Teen Wolf, which would be probably college years. I just I can't see dragging myself to see Teen Wolf at, at uh, you know twenty two, twenty three, twenty five years old. I, I just don't mm. see it. I think I think a lot of lot of people um, that uh, you know they had been to see uh, these other films, and the only other way to get them was that blockbuster. That's right. So. Uh, you know, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but uh, 
I think you're saying there's an age like there's an age demographic that this was appealing to. And I saw this movie in 87. I was not at that age demographic yet. I was not a teenager yet. Um, Maybe that's why when I saw it when I was a kid, it didn't strike me as it does now uh, watching it at my age. But uh, it definitely appealed to a certain fan base. It's also a PG movie. It's not R. So there's nothing gratuitous about it, even though. Like you said, Esty, there's definitely things about this film that are are not acceptable or they don't carry they don't age well by today's standards. Uh, but keeping that in mind, I think the audience now it's a nostalgic audience. I think our generation is reliving our childhood, our teenage years, and right. what was maybe considered cheesy back then or like oh bad is now like fun. Right. This is a fun film to watch, to laugh at those moments that are just cringeworthy. The doilies, for example. I, I mean, Mark, you're you were wearing a, a rocking outfit when you were cruising around in that sports car with Todd. I think you looked great in that. Essie yeah, was talking about her eyewear. Whatever. I made out like a bandit. I, I walked off that film with a jacket. <laughs> Who knows how many shirts? Probably four or five. But, uh, you know, and I had a pair of killer Cazal um sunglasses and mm. but i traded mine sd i traded them to the uh bartender at uh the oyster house saloon <laughs> just just off of um you know in, in the valley there it's not and, the oyster uh, house anymore yeah i well she that's that's what she wore uh she had you know <laughs> the prescriptions and she goes i wish i had those and i said well let's talk about oysters and Gin and tonic. <laughs> let's, let's talk about a cab for your sunglasses. And I, I just left them that day. Wow. I really haven't missed them since. Boy, those were it was good stuff back then. I, mean, I think I made out better than you. I, I left that film with a boyfriend. Oh. Oh. oh, tell us more. Yeah, come on. Was it good? I met somebody on that film and we ended up dating for wow. um Two or three years, and we're still very good friends to this day. It wasn't Bobby Anderson, was it? It might have been. Oh. <laughs> Did I just pull that one out? That was really good. That was really good, because that, that's about the only other name I would have remembered. But I knew, but I, I know that name. I remember that name for a reason, specific reason, as you probably know. Can you talk about right, that? Right. And now we're going to be completely no. vague and none of us no. will. No. Can you, can you, <laughs> can you tell everybody who Bobby Anderson is, though? Bobby Anderson, I'm pretty sure he was the sound mixer. And if I, is that correct, Esty? No, he is a sound mixer. He's an uh, Emmy Award winning sound mixer, but he wasn't the sound mixer on that film. He, he did, right. He was either, um, I don't, was he a PA? He was in the production department. Okay. But I believe he was dating Justine. Oh. At that they were broken up at the time. Okay. Of course. If I remember correctly. <laughs> Justine is that, Bateman. Yes. Okay. For the, for the is that accurate, Esty? I think that they I <laughs> think they get broke Bobby up. on the Zoom. I think it's what needs to happen. I think they broke up during the course of the film. She was yeah. on another film, and I think that they broke up during the film. I started out with in a you know also at the end of a relationship yes. i just think that by the end of it or soon after it um yeah i those... remember that too you do <laughs> of course i do i i i know who it is and i worked with him as well <laughs> oh you did after yeah. that um this was yes it was after that 
uh, you know what? I don't. <laughs> it was on Quantum Leap, so I don't know if Scott it was Scott Bakula. No, it wasn't oh. Scott. <laughs> it was Darren Dean Stockwell. Dalton. <laughs> Darren Dalton. That's not Bobby Anderson. No, I know it's not Bobby Anderson, but Darren. Oh yeah, yeah. The the baseball. I mean, yeah, thanks. Wow. I don't, I don't want to. This is amazing. Well, we had Darren on our show, by the way, too. He did not mention any of this, but no. um, Darren and I are also still dear friends. Oh, amazing! He's good. a good dude. He's, he's a good dude. Yeah, he's, he's a really good. Yeah, yeah. good he's guy. Nice guy. We had him. On I agree. About Red Dawn and Outsiders and yep. whatnot. If you mm-hmm. listeners go check out that interview if you yep. have not. Um, but I I, I want to ask quickly because Mark said he. You sold your sunglasses for uh, for a tab at the oyster traded, bar. Traded, traded. Sorry, traded. Bartered. Have you, Stuart? Have you ever bartered or traded an article of clothing for something else? No. Okay. SD, have I'd you- like to say yes, and but that would <laughs> that, that would incriminate would, yourself. That wouldn't lead anywhere. <laughs> I don't think I've traded, but I often get asked. Um, you know, Trekkies are their own breed yes. of fans. Yes, they are, and so I often get asked to send. Star Trek pictures to people's family members and things. Um, I don't think I, I don't think I ask for anything in return. That's really nice of you, by the way. Uh, but Stuart, I, you were saying on the extras of the Team Wolf 2 Blu-ray, which you can still get, you can get solo. You can get it individually if you want. Uh, that you and Mark, you were in, Mark introduced you to Wild Turkey, did he? Not? He did. <clears throat> he did. So one night we went out with the crew and this actually ties into Bobby as well. So Mark and I went out with the crew and there's a bunch of these pictures that are on my website. That night when Mark and I went out with the crew to a bar and Mark was taking shots of wild turkey. And so at that point in my young and impressionable youth, I hadn't uh, partaken yeah, sure. um, in uh, shots of wild turkey. I think it was up to that point. Long Island iced teas mm-hmm. were like the thing. And so I proceeded to get completely hammered. And the person who had to drive me back to the hotel was none other what? than Bobby Anderson. <laughs> Drove my, what was it, a Z28. Oh, sweet. Back to yes. the hotel. So the next day, I think I had a late call and I saw Mark and I was like, Wild turkey, no more. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for nothing, Mark. Yeah, that's my wild turkey story with Mark. Where was this film in its various locations? It was all lo- like local Claremont, California, yeah. Claremont, Upland, right? Rancho Cucamonga. It was the Claremont universities. You know, there's like six universities that share a campus. Um, in Claremont, I I actually speak there quite frequently oh wow yeah you are a, a on, on on air uh with kpfk correct i do i have a radio show at kpfk for eight and a half years now wow. uh, a show that's been handed down generation to generation i believe it came on the air in 1979 yep wow i think kpfk felt that, that the iranian hostage crisis had happened and mm. they felt that there needed to be an you know alternative reporting on it and so they asked some people to start and it it got handed down from you know person to person or sometimes it was you know um co-hosts and then about eight and a half years ago um the the gentleman who did it before us was the lovely 
and amazing Don Bustani, who you might not think you know, who produced and hosted the show for 17 years, but you do know him because he, along with his childhood best friend, Casey Kasem, invented the American Top mm. 40. Don was the producer behind that. Wow. And he hand chose my partner on the show with me. Um, he thought after doing the show for that long, he thought two um, women, an, an uh, Arab American, an Egyptian American lawyer, and a Jewish American activist should be the future of the voice of Middle East in Focus on KPFK. Yeah, that's awesome. the, the show is called Middle East in Focus, right? And you can listen to older episodes on their website, I think, as well. Like That's right. They're all that they're, they're archived. Oh, that's phenomenal. And when you are speaking at Claremont, do you ever throw in a little Teen Wolf 2 um, connection? For the, for... I think I do. Yes. Wow. yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes. you got to, right? Yeah. Yeah, you got to engage yeah. audience. I mean, audiences, audiences who hear me speak because I don't, you know, I don't speak about, I did have a show um, for a while, for almost a year with C. Thomas Howell, a, a talk show that was an entertainment chat show. But, um, you know, I, I mostly don't talk about that anymore. But our, our audiences are fascinated by the fact that I had a career in front of the camera, behind the camera, and now do, um, you know, uh, uh, human rights advocacy work. I love it. Yeah. It's so great. Fabulous. Yeah. Your, your connection to C. Thomas Howell also uh, leads back to Teen Wolf 2, because the stunt coordinator was his dad, Chris. That is correct. Oh. That's right. Um, I had been friends with Tommy before then, and Tommy Howell was best friends with the aforementioned Darren Dalton. <laughs> right. Yep. They they're, lived they're together. Yep. Yeah, 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 they are still friends. We're all still friends. Um, was, was there a rodeo involved with these two guys? <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a wild turkey. No, I, know, I know Tommy and his dad were like rodeo fanatics there for a while so i don't know not fanatics tommy was a was like a junior national champion he was a serious oh writer um and and later on he did a film with another friend of mine um who was also an excellent writer who was luke perry mm -hmm. rest in peace right yeah yeah for four years now um or actually it was we it was just well, our birthdays are close together mm. and so i I'm very, I'm still very close to um, some of his family and some of his childhood friends. And so we just passed through that mm. time where we all say, I can't believe that. This is a massive six degrees it, of separation. Yeah, it really right. is. It really is. And we're just letting it go. Let's just let it, let's just see where else we go. But it really is, it really is amazing. Can we talk a little bit about how you guys each got attached to this film? Obviously, Mark, you were involved in Teen Wolf. The original Teen Wolf, very successful, but I'd love to hear how the three of you um, got attached to this film. Only from the behind the scenes or the, the 30th anniversary, I learned that, that from Jerry, they never asked him to play Styles in the second Teen, the second teen Wolf. But, I, I'm, but I'm interested in hearing from Mark how, how it came up for him. Yeah. Well, you know, I, that's the first I've heard about. Uh, they didn't ask Jerry. That's kind of odd. I guess. <clears throat> I guess they figured. Um, I don't know what 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 the dealio was there. I mean, they they had to go from uh, from the, the Teen Wolf to his uh, what uh, cousin, mm -hmm. correct? So I guess it, it made you know logical. You know, it, it was logical to them to go from Styles to Styles' cousin. 
Um, <laughs> Thank you, Mark. They, never, they didn't go from Chubby to I rest to my Chubby. case. <laughs> so, who knows? I don't know. I actually know Jerry, and that's interesting because he never told me that. I could have sworn that, I mean, I didn't just watch my own um, behind-the-scenes interview on the 30th anniversary Blu-ray that SD did as well for Teen Wolf 2. They also, it was fun. And they also did one for Teen Wolf as well. They did. did you watch? Yes, yeah. So that's where I watched yep. him and Matt. Yep. Matt Adler. Did it together. Yep. And I could have sworn he said that they didn't ask him to that's, come back. That's correct. For the second. Okay, yep. good. I yep. didn't just hear that. But Mark, were you asked to come back or did you, how, how did that come about? Or did you just force your way in? Like, yeah, they just, I, they just pretty much said, um, Stuart, Stuart and I had the same agent. Didn't we? Uh, Stone Manners? Yes. Oh okay. my God. I don't know. How, so, do, how do you remember that? Wow. Yeah. I don't know what they did. If they said, hey, you're going to take the fat kid, <laughs> take this other guy. He's even funnier. <laughs> well. But um yeah, we hit it off right off the bat. I mean, yeah, you know, we're we're talking about one night of wild turkey. Yeah, there were many rivers that flowed during that film. Of course, of course, and, and a little bit of herbage here and there, and a lot of laughs. Yes, that a lot of laughs. that was an incestuous film. I mean, it probably <laughs> is the only way for me to refer to it. Not as, PG. No, that no. was it. Was not the behind the scenes. It was not PG. Well, no, some of the stories I told on the on the. Blu-ray, but and then some of the stories I waited for this. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to get to because because you uh, described a little bit about, and I think it was Esty you described in your very brief uh, interview you have on the Blu-ray that you and Stewart had to kind of audition to the producer of of Teen Wolf. Is this correct? And it yeah. was an awkward experience. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if Esty <clears throat> remembers this part of it, but my experience was I had to go to, uh, it was a theater on Santa Monica Boulevard. There's a string of uh, small non-equity theaters. So mm -hmm. for some strange reason they had, and not Estes nodding her head, we had to go to this theater and, and audition on the stage in front of Kent Bateman, uh, Jason's father, Correct. and Chris Leach, the producer. So I went in several times did my shtick and then um scott manners um mark and my uh common agent called me and said you need to go meet the executive in charge of production at atlantic before they will approve you for the role <sighs> because he yeah. thinks you're you're a little older looking than jason so okay i go to the um their offices on uh, Sunset Boulevard, where they were located, and Esty was there too. And so we introduced um, uh, each other, um, introduced uh, each other to to, it, <laughs> to, to each us other? to each other because you hadn't met up until this point. That's correct. Yeah. And then um, the executive in charge of the production, his name was Bill Tennant, took us into his office. This is uh, Kim Darby's husband at the time, right? That is correct. Yeah. Yes. So he took us into the office and proceeded to ask us both questions. Now, I go on a little bit about <laughs> Bill in the behind the scenes, but he... So does Kim. And so does Kim as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that she said what I did not want to say, but he was a vicious prick. Mm. And so he proceeded to ask us both questions. He was very kind to Esty, but to me. 
he was, um, shall I say, a little aggressive. And so he asked me if I thought I was too old to play oh my God. To, to play college. And I said, no, I just got done. I think I was doing uh, a show called Beans Baxter where I was in yes. high school at the time. Yeah, and, we loved and then, you know, up for, you know, mostly uh, high school or college roles. And I said, no, not at all. And he said, where, you know, get, tell me about your background. I told him about my background. I grew up in the Valley. And he was, Ugh, he was like, is... you know, you come across as um, very confident, but slightly arrogant to me. And it totally caught me off guard. And I was like, no, I'm just a kid from the Valley who wants to be an actor. Yeah. And so we walked out of that meeting and Esty, I'll never forget this. You turned to me and you said, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, that was that was weird. So that was my recollection of how eventually I got the role. Wow. And more about I Bill later. I guess I've always been sensitive. You were very sweet. Yeah, I have to say, because it was, what did I know about something, you know, up to that point, I'd, you know, done guest starring roles on, you know, Silver Spoons and yeah. uh, Facts of Life and Golden Girls. And everybody was really nice up yeah. to you know, Right, and then you're just in this, this guy, theater. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, placating this guy, but but also, I mean, Styles is a cocky character, so like yeah. that's what you want. Like, I, so more yeah. about Bill. So Bill and I <laughs> did not get along during the production. So because he was on set quite often, correct? he wasn't. He wasn't there that often. Okay. He was enough that whenever he was on set, I don't know about you guys. Whenever he was on set. It was very tense, oh, always man. very tense when Bill was on the set. So here's. I have no recollection of you don't have any of that. none of that. I mean, I remember. I remember going to Santa Monica. I remember going to that Sunset office. I, the only thing I remember, I and I think it's that movie. Wait, I can't. I might be confusing it with another movie, of a, a comment being made about what happened. I think they did. They didn't. They, what happened to the fresh girl who we hired? Like they, it, it wasn't more a comment. <laughs> what happened to the fresh about, girl we hired? I mean, just I think it had to do with like the hair and the makeup, mm. and huh. you know. But again, I, I'm not 100 percent positive. I could be conflating it with another film, but maybe not. Yeah, he was a character that Bill. He um, so the very first scene that I shot was in the uh, dorm room where Styles and Todd meet, and, and also Chubby, too, yeah. is there as well. Todd, Chubby, Chubb, Todd. Hi. Hi. Chubb played basketball at Beacon Town, Todd. Oh, yeah? You know my cousin. Scott. We just love the Howard family. Styles, where's all my stuff? <laughs> uh, some of my T-shirts in there, but go ahead and help yourself. I don't mind. Hey, Styles, what did you mean when you told uh, Uncle Harold that you're taking care of everything? Oh, your classes. I registered for you. You what? Styles, I've already pre-registered. I know. I saw what you picked. I made the necessary changes. Trust me. See, this is all wrong. Styles, girls volleyball. Good class. Candle making. French for chefs. Oh, c'est très magnifique. I took it twice. I'm taking it again. I mean, there's not one science class on here. Science. You don't understand. That boy's got werewolf written all over him. Everything goes as planned. He and I are going to take this school by storm. Ah, love college. I love it. 
And so that very first scene for me um, was the the shot introducing to introduction to Todd. And then um, in my audition, I did quite a bit of um, improvisation. I felt that that probably helped me get the role. So I felt that at that moment was a time for more improvising. Why not? So of course. Chris held the camera on me. And at the very end of the scene, the scene where I say, I love college, I love it, that was preceded by like three minutes of ad-libbing and improvising the entire dorm room. And it was all what I thought was pretty funny. So I think like a week later, um, I'm with Rachel, Minnie, and I get a phone call from Chris. And who is Rachel? Rachel was, um, what was her name in the film? Rachel Sharp. Rachel Sharp. Sharp. Played, played one of the uh, she the the, the um oh the, the ring the, girl the card yeah the ring girl the Thanks, ring girl Martin. and it was incestuous because her sister either was or had dated Chris Leach oh wow oh, okay Minnie and I became best friends we were really really close for many years wow I didn't know that either wow that's fantastic wow sorry to interrupt you no that's saying. great I that. That's yeah. that, all these little things I, yeah. I didn't know either. That's so cool. Exclusive to $2 late fee. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm with Minnie, uh, which, which was her nickname. I only called her Rachel for some reason. Everybody else called her Minnie. Um, she only goes by Minnie. Right. I don't know why I just refused <laughs> to call her Minnie. I just formal. wanted to call her Rachel by her, yeah. her birth name. So I'm with her and we get a phone. I get a phone call from Chris in the hotel room. Can I talk to you downstairs? So I'm like, what? Sure. So I go downstairs. We're staying at a hotel called Griswold. Griswold. Oh my nice. God. That's wow. the, Jinx. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> so we're out, we're outside in the parking lot and Chris goes, so listen, um, about the first scene. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, we have to reshoot it. Mm-hmm. And I go, why? He said, because Atlantic wants just, the scripted portion film. So I was like, what? Yeah. Are you kidding? I mean, it was comedy gold. I mean, I, I, that's what's editing is for anyway. Like let's shoot it all. Let's shoot it. Exactly. Figure it out. So I go back to the hotel room and I, I tell Rachel and she, she defends Chris because she knows him. They have had dinners, family dinners before. Now it all makes sense. Why? And um, I'm I'm fuming. I'm like, why did they hire me if this is not what they were expecting? Yeah, yeah. So it comes to pass that our friend Bill Tennant was the one that told them to reshoot that scene. So that that scene was reshot. I think the next day or something like that. Oh man. So I have a funny story. My first scene that we shot was a scene in like a concert hall. I think we're watching a rehearsal and the scene is shot from like behind our heads. And the reason for that is I think I was so stressed out about this big role I had gotten that I woke up um, on the day that I got picked up to, you know, to go to location with laryngitis. I had no voice. Oh no. Wow. So I show up on set and I have no voice. Oh, Wow. So they shot the scene from behind our heads, then, knowing 
that we were going to have to loop. Oh, the that's what I was going to ask them. You did ADR after that. Wow. Oh, amazing. I didn't know that either. And this was both mm. you and Stuart. This is your first like big screen uh, leading co-starring film you've ever done up until this point, right? For me, it was. Esty and I both had the same title, although I uh, the same card, although I would argue that my, that mine was just and. But it was supposed to be introducing S.D. Chandler and Stuart Fratkin. So, yes, it was both. I I would think mm. S.D.'s as well. But, yeah, for sure, mine. Yeah, I had done another one, but the I had done a show. Um, who produced it? I, I had done uh, The Emerald Forest. Yeah. But the... Um, it it was it ended up being like a three hour film and the studio didn't want to release that long of a film. So they basically cut out much of the storyline about the family. Mm -hmm. Um, so I ended up not being in it quite as much, but it was still an incredible experience going to Brazil twice and working with John Borman. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah. Oh Meg sure. Foster. Yeah, right. I remember that movie. It's a really yeah. great movie, by the way. Um, yeah, so so a lot of what you did in that film ended up on the cutting room floor, is what you're saying? Yes. Bummer. But they sent me the film. Okay. Well, hey. <laughs> they sent you the film with all the with without the edits? Well, they were really nice. <laughs> they felt they felt bad and so they gave me they gave me the film like so that I could use it, right. you know, on my yeah. reel or whatever. Yeah. I thought that was nice. I'm not sure if I ever did anything with it. I probably have a box, literally a film in my garage. Well, Stuart had shared the last time he was here that you you well, you, you kind of downsized your collection, but you have quite a collection of like various things from, you know, tape recorder or VCRs, or we talked about a lot of technology yes. from the 80s. Um, Esty, have you held on to a lot of things from from your experience in front of the camera? I did. I, I, I literally have a VCR in my in my garage <laughs> so that if I ever want to watch a VHS, um you go in the garage but, to watch it? <laughs> no, I, have, I haven't needed to, you know, eventually it just got, you know, it, I didn't need it in the house anymore. Um, but I think I have probably little mementos. I'm I'm kind of a sentimental person. So, yeah. I mean, I have, you know, the French movie poster that Gary Ross gave me from Pleasantville that is in my office. And um, so I think I, I have I have mementos. I know I've saved my scripts and things like that from all of my films. I mean... I've lived an incredible life and I want to remember it all. Yep. Yeah. And I'm so glad you guys are all here to kind of walk down memory lane with us on this. And how about you, Mark? Mark, do you have mementos from your uh, from your days back in the 80s and whatnot from your film career? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, You've got the bike, Pee Wee's bike, right? You definitely have that. Uh, actually, that's in the uh, basement of the Alamo yeah, under right. lock and key. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think I'm pretty sure that I have, um, I, I've got my, uh, painters, uh, overalls from, uh, Leprechaun. They're in one of those clear bags that you stick the, uh, the vacuum cleaner and suck it closed yep. or whatever. It's hiding somewhere in the attic. And I have a, have a feeling that my widow is going to be very happy if we can find those damn things and have them on standby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, 
Uh, oh, I found a SAG jacket in the back of my closet. Oh. Uh, it was it just says 50th anniversary, uh, 1984, uh, Screen Actors Guild. And I thought, well, hell, I just got to wear this somewhere. Where would you wear it? You know? Where would you wear that? To the dance? I don't know. <laughs> to a SAG screening. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, how does, uh, how does Chubby, as, as a character rank with many of your other iconic roles that you played on screen like what what fondness where on the fondness scale where does it rank for you it would probably be um well definitely the uh the bad guy in peewee's big adventure yeah and and then chubby close on the heels and then you know all those films came out uh, at the same time so they even have weird stuff thrown in there like look it's enrico palazzo one line and people go, oh, yeah, you did that, too. And I'm going, Naked Gun. Yeah. how did you remember that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would say I would say Chubby would be a very close number two. But it just depends on who you talk to. You know, of course, of course. How would you say how would you say with uh, with working with Stuart, though, as Styles, you know, versus uh-huh. Jerry Levine? I'm not going to put you on the spot and say, who did you prefer <laughs> working with more? Obviously, clearly Stuart Fracken. But well, I, I didn't. I didn't really work work with uh, uh, you know the the original styles that much. Sure, yeah. uh, you know, I worked I worked with Stuart, and uh, Stuart was my buddy and my playmate and and my drinking buddy and uh, and you know we just we were we were crazy. It was like uh, you know if you look at the at the end fight scene, which takes a, is is easily three times longer than it should have been. Um, <laughs> If you look at that and, and the and the stuff that uh, Stuart and I are doing, just just a little, just quick takes. Yeah, you'll catch five seconds here, ten seconds there, of two people that grew up watching the Three Stooges. Yep. Yes, yeah, yep, for so, sure. Yeah, we had a great time. I, I think, yeah, I think we we probably had a very similar uh, childhood and and sense of humor. So, I, I just thoroughly, you know, loved every every moment I spent with you, man. Yeah, it was. It was that to me was a defining experience on set was working with you, having fun the between all the setups, trying to figure out um, what kind of other shtick we can add into the scene to make it unique to the, those two characters. Um, you, you also had a very cool side. I don't know if you, if you were aware of how cool I thought you were. It was at the Z28 mm-hmm. that was the rag top. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> okay. First time I saw this car. First time I see, see this car, we walk outside and there's the C28 in, and I'm commenting on it. So I just, yeah, it's mine. So he pulls out his little fob with the keys on it, and the top goes and disappears. This is the 80s, right? Or the early 90s, whatever. Yeah, 80s. And then all the windows go down, and then the motor starts. And it's got this beautiful <laughs> killer, you know, B8 sound to it. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it sounds good. like a muscle car. And I'm going, damn. That's, you know, and I think when you got in it, Stuart, or maybe I just wish that you had done it this way, but I, this is my, how I remember it. You didn't actually open the door and step into the car. You just jumped into it. Wow. A la Fonzie. Threw it in here and drove it out of the parking lot. Or, or Luke Duke. That's probably so. Bill Tennant was probably right. What what can I say? All these years later, I admit it. I I was arrogant. No, I 
No, you weren't in it. You weren't arrogant about oh. it or anything. No, you were. No, I never got that. Thanks, buddy. That's that's you got a pretty good memory. I remember you guys like almost rehearsing or ad-libbing and doing stick together, like not just on set, but do you guys remember like the trip to, I think it was Target? Oh my God, no, I don't remember that. SD. You don't? No. Mark's smiling I'll, I'll, right I'll now. Pull, I'll pull up some pictures oh and my God, uh, please. email them to you. I do not remember that. Actually, you know what? This is, I'm having a flashback because when Stuart was on our show with Dean Cameron to talk about ski school, it got brought up that you had all these photos of you and Dean mm -hmm. and he was able to find a photo to share on our, on our, uh, you know, social media. So we're having a whole like reversal of, uh, you know, what was the photo? I, it was I, you guys at a, uh, at a seven 11 or something. Oh, oh like yes. a poker chip and he had a poker chip in his eye. Oh or yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That. No, that, yeah. that came from Charlie Spradling. Oh, really? That was her picture. Yeah. That was her picture. Yeah. Okay. And I love that picture. It's a great I've photo. I've seen that. Yeah. Go to our Instagram if you want to see that photo. There's a bunch of pictures of us on, on my website. I posted all of my personal pictures, the original script and call sheet from Teen Wolf 2. And so there's pictures of you guys up there too. There's a cute one of you and I, SD. It was a Polaroid. I think I'm standing behind you. Fun. Yeah. Well, I know that I will be able to provide if I find those pictures, um, some fun pictures of Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, really, really quick, Mark, because you had mentioned the boxing scene at the end. Did you do your own fighting, uh, your own stunts in that film, in Teen Wolf 2? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the guy, um, one of the guys I fought had fought uh, semi-pro and he was kind of softballing it. And I said, man, you know, Go ahead and sell it. Go ahead and sell it. Oh I mean, you know, you're, you're the pro. You know what you're doing. If you're already selling it, fine. If you want to turn up the, the heat, you know, a degree or two, just go ahead. And the first time he hit me after that little talk, he just scrambled my brains. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was like, boom. It was like, shit, he took my advice. <laughs> I should have kept my mouth shut. Um, but, you know, after that, I knew what was coming. But uh, I probably got a little bit of memory loss because of that. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you're wearing headgear, but it, you did look like you got your bell rung a couple times uh, in, in, in that. Oh, I'm sure I did. Yeah. I'm sure I did. But, uh, you know, if you're doing character like that, you just play it for all it's worth. For sure. Well, there is. Yeah, there is such a thing as acting. I don't know. <laughs> you can try that on for size. It might fit. Might not. I don't know. Something that wasn't acting was your mullet in that film. Oh, yeah. And, and I must say, I know you mentioned it on the Blu-ray as well, but, uh, yeah. you know, mullets are, are iconic now. And that's a that was a glorious mullet. That was a mullet. good one, was it's it a not? Really, it's Beautiful a good-looking mullet. mullet. I was yeah. very proud of that. It's not a Joe right. Dirt mullet. It's more like a cutting crew, Mr. Mr. No, kind of mullet. No, it was style. Yeah. Uh, no pun intended, but it uh, it was. I loved it. Did you grow it out for the movie specifically? or No. I, okay. I, I, so I you're no rocking clue. it before. I have no idea. I would. It was there. It was a fashion accessory. I think. I think. Uh, um, I had done the aforementioned Beans Baxter. Yep. For Fox, and so then I went from that into Teen Wolf Two, and and then I think I cut it after that oh. for the next thing I did. But at the time, nobody said anything. Nobody warned me. No. Nobody, nobody, nobody warned, warned me. It was in fashion. It was cool. It was cool. But. You, I guess, how much did you reference Jerry's 
styles as far as never anything never right never you got, that, like, i'm coming in this is me yeah that yeah. was so I, I i probably have mentioned this several times but i did not see the first one yeah. prior to reading for the second one so i only knew of what was written on the page and i don't know about you guys but what i saw originally the original script that i read for teen wolf 2 was really good okay it was it is not what you see today and it is not what the shooting script eventually mm. was, but it was really charming and it was funny and underline it was original, mm. but then it changed and it became like a retread of the first one. Yeah. The plot was yeah. the same. Yeah. So what, what I saw eventually was not what I originally had read. So anyway, so um, my take on it was exactly what you kind of see. Um, and it wasn't until like years later when this started, when people started to ask that question about if I had done the research or based my character off of what Jerry did in the first one. And I said, as far as I was concerned, he was, they were not the same character. And people were like, what are you talking about? And I said, okay, that character's name was Rupert yeah. Stalinsky. Yep. My character's name was Ridley Stalinsky. And people were like, no, that's not true. So the guy from when I did the Blu-ray was yep. like, do you have anything? And I, and so I took a picture, mm -hmm. I sent it to him, and I brought it today. So uh, you talked about, did I take anything receipts. from the set? The only thing I took from the set was this. Whoa. Ridley Styles Stalinsky. That is amazing. So this was what was on the door, the dorm room of the door, uh, the dorm room of the door that they shared. So this is what I took. And so I found this amongst my old scripts and, you know, memorabilia. And I took a picture of it. And then when you asked me if I took anything, if I had anything, I thought, I'm going to dig that picture up. Yes. And I'm going to bring it in. So oh, that is fantastic. There you go. Oh, wow. There were people that actually thought you we're playing the original character, not a a relative of, of the character. 100%. Who are these people? That was the <laughs> assumption, Mark. The assumption was that, and it's almost, I was thinking about it. I haven't watched the movie in a long time either, but it was almost referenced in the first scene or assumed in the first scene. Yeah. 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 Well, when he enters, when... Uh... When Uncle Sure, when Uncle When, when James uh, Hampton enters the room, yeah. he says M Mr. H. Yeah. Yeah. He says, Styles, what are you doing right. here? Exactly. The fact that he's surprised that you're there doesn't really make sense <laughs> at all. At all. Right. Because cousins would be in talks, you'd think Scott would tell sure. Todd, like, hey. But Watch I also, out for this guy. Yeah. I also love that the university is acknowledging your nickname on the door you know like they're like is there anything you prefer to be called in the styles don't you yeah. just see i just look at it and just yeah. go this was just props yeah right. props did of that of course <laughs> i don't know i'm not gonna go that's that extra step Stuart, do you still have that original script yeah uh i do oh. i do sd so that's not the, the funny one, one that i to yeah. be clear the, yeah the, that's not the one that i posted on my website but i can find it i think i still have it too yeah and Okay, I would love yeah. to Xerox that. And yeah, read it. I would be. I'll scan it and send it to you. Wow. And how much do you awesome. think was was Bill Tennant um, destroying it or something? Uh, that's yeah. a good question. Yeah. I 
I don't. Yeah, who knows? I, I don't know. That's I could sense though that them completely getting cold feet and thinking that we have to cash in mm-hmm. on this as quickly as possible. Right. And the uh, I actually thought, and you said that the. the Teen Wolf also. I thought Teen Wolf 2, Teen Wolf also was a great title. <laughs> I think Teen for Wolf yeah. a, would be great. a second yeah. you, for a sequel. Yeah. I thought it was a Well, we talked about yeah. this that that the t-shirts in the movie that Styles is selling saying Teen Wolf 2. We did we we had a discussion about on, on our previous episode why those shirts had Teen Wolf 2 and I thought in my mind, oh, well, because you're a Teen Wolf also. You're also right. a Teen Wolf. We all can be a Teen Wolf too. That's what I was trying to but help the, with that. everybody, everybody that's at Hamilton has no idea, you know, about what's sure, going on. Like that's right. So it's, that it's just, so it's, so it's styles experience, really the, the merchandising, right. Team yes. Wolf also right for me. So, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Uh, yeah. I also want to point out too, that that's put on the dorm room door that, uh, you know, like basically opened up when you try it when when it was closed because yes. Todd had his two women and you sold it sure. so well in that scene because the door just opened up I and know. you pulled it back. You're like, no, 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 no. This thing's locked. So- God forbid they actually close it and shoot it again. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea oh the reason. God. So why. they cut all your oh great scenes God. up. Um, but I think what I like about Teen Wolf 2 <laughs> is your relationship with Chubby. You guys have a more established relationship in this one. Yeah. And I like that. I feel that there's a there's a camaraderie there. You guys are always kind of tied together in scenes, uh, you know, even in that in that epic dance scene, which I think is a really well choreographed dance scene, by the way, as far as 80s goes, you know, mm-hmm. it's a fun scene. It's very nostalgic. Uh, but, you know, Chubby's in the background, too, just like doing his thing and, and having a good He's time. He's the DJ. Yes. Right. Yeah. If I remember basically correctly. playing the the you know, um, do you love me song? So yeah, that's right. Oh my goodness. Anyways, night before last, I was uh, walking through the, uh, the den and my son had started watching the X-Files and I looked up and, uh, there was Paul Sand mm. that played the coach. Oh yeah. And I thought, wow. Uh, so I sat down and watched the episode and he, he was riveting, uh, as a villain. And so I started looking into him uh, more. I mean, in 1971, the guy won a Tony Award. I didn't know that. I would have asked the guy about Broadway if I had known that. You know, we didn't have uh, phones to look up uh, anything at, at the, you know, drop of a hat. And uh, yeah, I guess he's still, uh, he's like 90 he's years 90. old living in Santa yeah. Monica. Wow. And, and, yeah. and John Ashton is what, like 90, 92? The, the worst part of Teen Wolf 2 was Kim Darby's tail. Oh. Was absolutely 100% ridiculous. Agree. Yeah. Absurd. But also shouldn't we acknowledge the one like the elephant in the room that the hero of the film was a woman? Yes. Which didn't oh, talk excellent. a lot back then. Yes. Totally agree. But Nikki is the hero of yes. that film. Yes, because yes. she saves Todd's ass literally and figuratively. Every single time. And we were kind of like, why? He's why? so <laughs> unlikable. He's he, just so. He really is. He gets cocky really He doesn't fast. deserve you. You know, he doesn't deserve <laughs> Nikki. That's what we were saying. It's just like, you're giving him a picnic and he's a jackass. And you're like, yeah. But love is powerful. You know. It, well, it's, it, it's only fitting because she was a teen wolf. Two. Oh. <laughs> well, and Kim. So I, I said this on our previous program too that um, John Aston, Kim Darby, Paul Sand, James Hampton, those are four 
phenomenal actors that you guys are working with. Like re- Paul Sand was in a movie called The Hot Rock. Oh yeah. By the way, I was gonna yeah with uh, Robert Redford. Robert Redford, yeah. Uh, Seagal, George Seagal, uh, right? Fantastic film. Great if you've movie. never seen it, heist mm-hmm. movie really ranks up there with other great heist movies. But uh, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Seventy one. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're working with especially you know you Stuart and Esty. You're working coming into a film suit shoot with like these established legendary actors at this point. That had to be f- like. Did they have an influence on influence on you in any way? So quick story. The first the first one of the first scenes we were shooting uh, outside was with uh, Jason and Jim Hampton. And I was there uh, and I think Mark was there, too. And so um, in between takes, Jim sitting down on a chair and I, I go up and I sit next to him and I say, I cannot believe I'm in a movie with caretaker from the longest yard. And he was blown away that somebody as young as me remembered him from that movie. And it, I absolutely 100% love that movie. Me too. And yeah. he was great. In Best it. football movie. Ever. Yeah. And the, the sweetest guy you've ever wanted to, I ran into him several times years later. He's now passed. Yeah. Um, yep. Um, just the nicest guy salt of the earth really just a, a good person so so yes the answer was yes and then as you know i worked with john in in the in the tv show i did with dean as well of course well, yeah so. they came from outer space yeah, yeah. We're, so yes the answer was yes i didn't work with paul sand but um and i don't know about kim i don't have any scenes with her i mean kim is just like yeah. she and she has such a strong presence on screen whenever she's on i know in the extras she says she says like she felt um like kind of stilted by having her presence of her husband on set and she felt yeah. like she didn't give her full performance yeah i mean i felt like she did a, a fine job in the film you know um which but that's got to be awkward and uncomfortable so yeah well i've already was. mentioned what kind of guy that guy was yeah, so, yeah. she does too yep. in the shockingly she's very the, honest yeah, she, and i appreciate that yes yeah, yeah i, I, I do want to point out too. james hampton was in sling blade and his phenomenal performance in sling blade um as like yes just and that's a beautiful film too Amen. definitely one of my favorites um and mark thank you for for bringing all that up i'm glad you brought that up because you covered we covered some things that i had definitely wanted to touch upon on this show as well um the but, the, the well the reality is about the tale just to get back to it for a second yeah. it's like it's totally so different than the rest of the movie where it's suddenly like she's slowly sashaying and looks over her shoulder in a very kind of seductive, playful way and has like a, like a, what do we say? It's like a Fox tale. It's not even an appropriate tale. It's not. It was just so, I mean, you you could tell it was like, you could, your mind could fill in the blank and see the monofilament, you know, coming down out of the ceiling. It was it was it was like what twenty feet long. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Out of her ass that hard, she not to like tip over backwards. It's ridiculous. It's like every time right. I see that scene, I just go, "Face palm." Is it over? Okay. <laughs> SD, did, was there potential that they were, they would make another one, and then you would maybe have wolf children? <laughs> I think people were done with it after. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> after they saw the tail, they were like, "We're done." So I have a treatment. Speaking of which, it'll take just a couple of minutes. I have a treatment. I'm going to take my glasses off because I'm going to read it for you. It's not going to take that long. And 
Um, this is a treatment that I'm shopping around right now. Um, so this will be the first time you two are hearing this, and these guys are too. So I want Dustin to read the introduction, and then I'm going to jump into um, my treatment that I'm shopping around right now, guys. In a world that can't have too many multiverses, in a world where sequels make one-tenth the amount of the original, and in a world that's just a world, coming to Tubi this spring, Teen Wolf 3, The Search for Styles. Act 1. Open with a close-up of fur. Howling begins. Barks and growls can be heard. We pull out and see Scott Howard combing the hair on a large bull mastiff. The dog clearly is twice his size, and he's having a real problem keeping him in line while grooming him. Todd Howard comes in and says, is Tinkerbell ready? Boof is here waiting for him. We reveal that Scott and Todd Howard have gone into business on a pet grooming service called Grooming, Dooming, and Swooning. <laughs> Their motto, if we can't do it, like can. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice. Scott brings Tinkerbell Funny. to Boof and asks how Lewis is. She says, fine, he sends his best. Anybody here from Styles? Scott says, no. Booth says, he's been gone for so many years. I wonder where he is. We dwell on her face for an uncomfortable moment. <laughs> Todd comes out and says, I'm leaving for the day. We'll meet at the gym at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Scott gives Todd a thumbs up. Todd enters his home and Nikki comes to greet him. Hi, honey, how was your day? Good. I think the new ads you placed are really helping. I love the one with Scott and I in full wolf mode, smiling with the caption, we're not wolves in sheep's clothing. We're just wolves. <laughs> What's for dinner? Nikki replies, deadpan, frog's legs. They both look at camera with this obvious reference to Teen Wolf 2. We fade out to morning at the gym. There we see Steve Gus Gustafson training both Scott and Todd in the boxing ring. <laughs> They've been sparring with each other for years now, and since kicking his ass in 1987, both Todd and Gus have made up to fight their common enemy, gravity. <laughs> As always, at the end of their workout, Gus shouts, Last chance, boys. Ten seconds left in the 12th round. You're both tied in points. The clock is ticking. No wolf is going to save you. And with that, a la Rocky II, Todd and Scott hit each other at the same time, knocking each other out to the canvas. The room spins. Their eyes grow red, scenes from their past playing basketball from Teen Wolf and boxing lowlights from Teen Wolf <laughs> 2 begin to play in standard def. Suddenly, they hear a voice. Get up, dick nose. Act 2. <laughs> Scott looks up and standing there is Styles 1 or Rupert Stalinsky. Styles, what are you doing here? Oddly, he looks exactly the same like Jerry Levine from Teen Wolf. I mean, exactly the same from 1985. I have no idea. Todd recovers too and says, who's this? Scott says, it's Styles." Todd says, no, it's not. Styles has a long, embarrassing for today mullet. <laughs> Styles one says, I'd never be caught dead in a mullet, mullet, dick nose. Todd <laughs> says, why do you keep calling me dick nose? <laughs> I don't own dick nose. <laughs> I just have this recurring dream that I've been stuck in another dimension where there are several of me, but since I don't know who the real one is, I'm in some kind of alternate universe. Scott says, where's your styles? Todd says, let's find out. They proceed to smash, smash each other in the face again as Gus looks on, unfazed, eating Chick-fil-A shrugs and mutters, 
I miss Emily and Lisa. Once again, Scott and Todd end up on the floor, but this time they wake up on the same basketball court that was featured in Teen Wolf. This time, they hear the same line coming from Coach Finstock. Howard, are you okay? They get up to see Paul San and Jay Tarsis, each saying the exact same line. Howard, get back in there. Todd says, you mean the boxing ring? Or Scott says, the basketball court. Coach Finstocks say, we're not sure. <laughs> why are we here and why are we saying the exact same thing at the exact same time? Styles says, it seems like we're in some kind of multiverse between the two Teen Wolves. But where's Styles too? <laughs> Act three. Scott and Todd look at each other and give each other a what the F glance. Todd says, I think I know who can help figure this out. President Richards. Cut to the most ostentatious mansion you've ever seen on screen. Looks very similar to the White House. In fact, it is the White House. <laughs> How we got there from L.A. will be debated by TikTokers for years to come, or you'll just agree to suspend your disbelief so we can get on with this meandering story. We arrive at the White House reception with Scott, Todd, Styles One, and the two Finstocks. Todd says, we're here to see President Richards. He's expecting us. In Todd's hands are two buckets of KFC and a six-pack of Mountain Dew. They are escorted to the Oval Office. Every woman they pass by, Styles says, hey, sugar tits. And every man he passes, he says, what are you looking at, dick nose? Todd just glares at him. They enter the prestigious room, and there sitting at the resolute desk is none other than, Scott says, President Chubby. Hmm. I go by President Richards now, and I've been on a very strict keto diet, so you can keep your bribe. He has, and he looks great. Todd says, we need some help. POTUS says, I can see that. You have a Finstock from your world and Scott's world. He gives Styles one a hug and says, where's Ridley? We don't know. We were hoping you could help us find him and make things right. POTUS says, I've seen this before in the MCU, but they have more creative script writers. We'll have to use a much more budget-friendly resolution. <laughs> Come with me. <laughs> Act four. <laughs> they enter the top secret room buried deep in the bowels of the White House. It's constructed very similar to the gym from Teen Wolf 2, but in the middle are three telepods from the 1986 film, The Fly. <laughs> Todd says, <laughs> what the devil is this? President Chubby says, ever since 1987, when the world found out that there were werewolves among us, we've been trying to figure out how we can capitalize on him and use it against our enemies. But in the process of trying to recreate your lineage, we found there was a blip in the universes that would sometimes merge the worlds, a blemish, hence the two Finstocks and causing havoc. There was a mitigating factor that continued to plague our experiments, and by using Brundlefly's telepods, we thought we could potentially merge the two metaverses together and flesh out the problem. Now that you're here, I'd like to try out the pods. Scott says, wait, I saw the fly. And one time a baboon came out inside out. And the other time, well, he became a fly. POTUS says, well, we've worked out the bugs, so to speak. <laughs> Scott says, okay, if it will merge the two worlds, I'm in. Styles one sensing Todd's hesitancy. What are you waiting for, dick nose? Get in. Todd says, you're over your quota. <laughs> Scott and Todd strip off their clothes and after their requisite it's cold denial from one of them get inside the pods and POTUS begins to program the 1986 computer the pod doors close light flashes the loud sounds of whirring can be heard sparks fly and suddenly from the two pods howling can be heard a loud bang and the lights go out 
the backup generators kick in and all three pods are smoking. And then howling can be heard from the third pod. The two other pods open up and Scott and Todd get out in full werewolf mode. We wait. The third pod opens up, steam and smoke billow from the pod, and out comes Styles 2 as a werewolf, too, with a long mullet hanging from the back <laughs> of his head. Gasps can be heard from everyone. POTUS yells, Ridley! Styles 2 howls and screams, Chubby, you freed me! POTUS <laughs> says, I'm President Richards now! Both Todd and, and Scott approach Styles 1, as, as does Styles 2 and the Finstocks. Styles 2 says, What's happening? Don't, says Todd. Styles 2 said, I was going to say cousin. <laughs> How? Why? When? Todd asks. Well, it's kind of a long story, says Styles 2. We've got about two minutes left with credits, Scott says. <laughs> okay, you know how I wanted to make money off of the wolf? Rupert did it in high school, and then I did it in college. It occurred to me that I was just jealous of all the attention you got and wanted to exploit you as much as I could. But in reality, I wanted to be one of you. So, remember Professor Tanya Brooks from Hamilton? <laughs> Played by Kim Darby and Team Wolf 2. Todd says, yes. Wait, what did you do? What did you do? Styles 2 says, the question you should be asking is, what didn't I do? <laughs> the Finstocks high-five each other. President Chubby rolls his eyes and Styles 1 says, now that's a Stalinsky. <laughs> Styles 2 says, it turns out if you procreate with another lichen, you too have the ability to transform as well. Okay. But in my case... I've been stuck transforming in the third metaverse, the one with the better looking Scott and Styles on TV, and I needed to get out of there. Mm. So thank you, guys. It's good to be back with my homies. President Chubby says, so that was the missing angle. The TV show was disrupting our signal, and now I know we can multiply the werewolves and mm -hmm. conquer the world. He laughs a maniacal laugh similar to like, <laughs> or maybe we just go to In-N-Out and call it a day. Everyone agrees, and they begin to walk off. Suddenly, from the third pod, we hear, Dad? Um, Dad? <laughs> Styles 2 says, Oops, almost forgot. Out of the pod comes a smaller 16-year-old version of Ridley, complete with the mullet in the back. Hey, everyone, I'm Riley. Styles 1 looks at him, and Riley says, What are you looking at, dick nose? We fade out. Wow. And that's it. So what do you guys think? Are you guys in? <laughs> Sold. Thanks. I want to pitch that um, Nikki should be president. Uh, All right. Well, we, we can discuss. We can negotiate. All right. Thank you for indulging me. Really well researched. And, um, you know, it's, it's such a fun new reimagining of like you've the questions that maybe we have asked ourselves many times over the years <laughs> you've you've answered them there you go well everything that we've been talking about it all came into it did play in 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 my little and so much dick satire. nose so much so dick, much nose. dick nose, i yeah. feel like we just got treated to the most unique special yep. opportunity thank yep. you for doing that yep. sure. that was phenomenal were you sitting on yes. that since last time we talked <laughs> no i actually thought about it. i thought it would be funny so um 
<laughs> our mutual friend Dean is uh, he wrote a treatment for a third ski school that is amazing. Okay. So on that note, I was like, well, I know we were going to do this. I thought, you know, it would make sense to make to make some kind of satire about the two Teen Wolves because of the weirdness between the Styles characters and the Finstock characters, and how yeah. I could you know put them together. It's in, brilliant in a Spider Man. Yeah, it's brilliant. It really is. So that's because guys, SD and Mark. Um, so when Stuart was on with us with Dean Cameron a little while back. Stuart had said, you know, what would be really fun is if we did a little Team Wolf retrospective. And I said, OK, well, let's see if we can put the pieces together. And here we are. You know, that was about a year ago. I think we talked mm -hmm. about doing it was, that. It was yeah. August. Yeah, and it coincided year. with the uh, now 35th anniversary of this movie. It's perfect timing. Okay. It's that uh, treatment is fantastic. I thank you for your voiceover. Oh, thanks for asking. I thought of nobody else. That was great. I mean, he, Dustin. I, I'm blessed to have Dustin as my as my life partner, and uh, and he's always got the <laughs> every sense of the word. Golden right? throat, the golden yeah. throat. I want to give a quick plug to um, if you haven't listened yet, I'm sure that you already have because I think I mentioned it at some point, probably in our last interview. That Jason has a podcast called Smartless. Oh, does he? That is oh <laughs> phenomenal, and it's almost like a like a dessert treat for it, me. I great. don't want to. Yeah, they're so they're great. Yeah, they're amazing. So the amount of teasing that goes on, yeah. about Teen yeah. Wolf too. Yes, yes, and that is yeah. is truly amazing. It's but, spectacular. Yeah. I don't see why. Come on. Uh, that's all. Clearly, I need to listen to more episodes. I do listen to it, but I haven't heard any Teen Wolf. Oh, yeah. You should. Yeah. So I need to listen more. But while we're shamelessly plugging, I have a podcast that's going to drop um, ne early next year okay. called The Breakout Room. The Breakout Room. And where is that going to be on all platforms or specifically one? Or It's going to be on all platforms. We were picked up by um, Rebel Talk Network. Okay, cool. Excellent. Nice. Um, what was it called? And. The Breakout Room with S.T. Chandler. Awesome. All right. Uh, Mark, do you have any projects coming up or appearances you're going to be doing in the near future? I am uh, I am patiently awaiting the uh, uh, announcement that is uh, going to come sooner or later. Uh, the guys that did uh, Terrifier and Terrifier 2, uh, before they shot those movies and uh, they went ballistic, they shot a film. Uh, that I had an opportunity to uh, be in called Stream, S-T-R-E-A-M, as in streaming. Okay. And um, got to shoot it uh, in uh, <laughs> during COVID. Uh, they were originally supposed to shoot in upstate New York, and they called me one day and said, you know what? There ain't no way we're going to do this in, Cal in, uh, in, uh, in New York State. Uh, but we found a place we're going to do it. We found an old hotel in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, next to this uh, battlefield, <laughs> uh, there's this old hotel, and they they rented it out. Stream, it's called, right? Yes, yes. Is it a horror film? Yes, it's. But uh, if, if you look at the cast list, uh, which I guess I, sh I should have brought one on, it doesn't really look like it should be a horror film. It's mm. it's uh, uh, a a very long list of very uh, legitimate actors okay. that are in it. Hey, I mean, so, uh, well, on D. Wallace, Jeffrey Combs, right? Daniel Harris. Oh, wow. Tony Todd, yeah. Daniel Roebuck, uh, yeah. Felisa Rose from uh, Sleepaway Camp. And of course, Mark mm -hmm. Hilton and Tim Reed. Tim Reed mm -hmm. from WKRP in Cincinnati. 
Love Tim Reed. Oh my gosh. I got to, I didn't get to meet Tim, but I got to see uh, his scene. Uh, and uh, if, if you love Tim Reed, you'll be crying your eyes out when you see what happens oh, to him. Oh no. Uh, he was. That son of a bitch, Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Combs from the yeah. cult classic. Dr. Re- Mordred. Oh, is that was it? <laughs> no, Reanimator. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was. Yeah, I, just, I didn't Dr. know that. Dr. Mordred. Was, what? Yeah, no, he's. Like, I forgot yeah. that was what. That's what. That's the film yeah. I was going to mention. Reanimator yes. from Beyond. Yeah. But he did a he yeah. did a movie before Doctor Strange. Uh, it's called Doctor Mordred. It was a full moon movie with our boy oh, Charlie yeah, yeah, Band. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yes, we talked. About uh, but Tim Reed was in a great movie called Dead Bang with Don Johnson in the mm-hmm. '80s, where he uh, did uh, John, Don Johnson and Tim Reed battle Nazi skinheads. Uh, well, not skinhead, but white supremacists. It's great. Got it. Want to see? Those guys get their There's a documentary. Hit. Yes, pretty much. Um, wasn't wasn't Tim Reed in it? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Okay. Yeah, it was nice for you to come on the show. Give up so much of your time. It's really a pleasure. It's an honor to have all three of you on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was really so good time. to see both of you guys. I'm so happy I was able to. This is the second time I've reached out to Esty to pull her into something that I'm I was doing. And so I'm so happy that I was able to get in touch with you to do this. Thank you for doing it. And I'm so sorry I wasn't able to get a, a hold of Mark to be on the DVD a couple of years ago. They were looking for you, and I had no way of getting in contact with you until recently. Well, thank you for <laughs> including me. I was happy to, really happy to do it. Super fun. I'm sorry I couldn't be there in studio with you guys, but I wanted to keep everybody healthy. Yeah, no, we no, hope, it's all hope good. you're feeling better and continue to feel and better. Tell Rachel... Hello. Mini, mini. Get with the M- mini. <laughs> she never corrected me. Why are you? I because she says What are you, she, my mother? Esty no. said no. Yeah. Literally, oh, you're no a, one. I'm his dad. This right. is dad. Hey. I'm mom. Son. But no one she said no one knows her by Rachel. So I just thought What are you that, talking about? That's what it says in the credits, Rachel. Yeah. That, that is right. That's true. Esty. <laughs> it doesn't say mini. Doesn't say it's not like on the door. It doesn't say Rachel Mini Stalinsky. <laughs> On the dorm room. So that was way yeah. up there somewhere. <laughs> and Mark, thank you too so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you, Mark. I, I, I'm hoping, uh, you know, in some respects, we can have you guys back on the show down the road, uh, either whether it's more Teen Wolf 2 or whether it's other discussions about 80s and 90s nostalgia. It'd be really great to have you back. Well, you know, we're, we'll have to come back for uh, for the uh, the fifth or the 10th anniversary of. Uh, Stewart's suit to take off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> break. Yes. Thanks again, guys. I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great, too. And you can find us on the Internet. 
Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeePodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 